Hey, this is Nia Strauss, and you are watching CMS TV. From the latest dock and release, which is in the stores now as of yesterday, that's just like a rose. And uh, where's our guest there? He's, He's here. here. He's, He's here. here. Just waiting for you. Or you know, he. I popped him out because he had to. He had to jump up and get water or something. But now he's back. So well, at least he didn't take a uh, piss off camera like Don. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you do the honors of the big build up, and then we'll bring him in. How's that? All right. Well, uh, once again, I'd like to welcome a good friend of mine, a guy that I've known for over twenty years. Uh, He's been in uh, the band uh, Dawkins for three times longer than George Lynch. Whoa. Uh, an awesome guy, a fantastic guitarist, and uh, just an all-around good good guy in general. My good friend, John Levin. There he is. There's John. Hey, there's John. There's a guy that I know pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty intimately, but not in a sexual way. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Don had to go to the bathroom and went off camera to do that? Yeah, he took a piss off camera a couple of weeks ago. He did ago. it off camera. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but he talked through it the whole time. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he goes, I got to pee. He goes, don't go anywhere. But uh, then he goes, I'm just over here just uh, fertilizing my bushes and my trees. <laughs> hey, sometimes when you got to go, you got to go. You got to go. That's right. Yeah. So, so, uh, John, as always, it's good to see you again. Of course, I just saw Likewise, you uh, last weekend, and it was uh, yeah. quite an adventurous weekend for everybody, I think. Yeah, it was definitely a power-packed weekend, no question about that. Yeah. So, so did you sleep for two days when you got home? Oof, you know, I was so, like, overtired that the first night I didn't actually sleep all that much, and then, like, a couple days later, it hit me like, oof, I am really pooped, you know? <laughs> That was a hell of a day that day, I got to tell you, you know. Well, what was really funny is when I was discussing the show from uh, Saturday with you, and I said, man, this is 180 degrees uh, different than the show from last night. And you go, we played last night? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the memory aging out of me, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice well john obviously man new record is out um finally fine yeah uh, we could start there i mean it's been done what a year and a half yeah it was a long time ago we finished this one. Oh, that's nice man vinyl you got of course it's vinyl wow john's wishing he had a vinyl <laughs> one of those they don't send me anything <laughs> i haven't even seen it yet is it cool it's very cool oh good okay glad uh, no, I'm dead serious. I saw the album art, but I haven't seen anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's always interesting, John, that, that both Chris and I have talked to a lot of artists over the so many years we've been doing this show, and so many artists don't have their own product. A lot yeah, of, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't have a copy of that. I don't even have that. I don't follow anything. I don't look at the internet. I don't like do any of that now. Like it's something, it, For me, it's frankly, it's something, you know, I... I did years ago at this point it was 21 i think i did that with don yeah yeah during COVID. but um yeah i, I don't like get myself wrapped in it like that you know <laughs> well i mean it's oh, so, the oh, moment oh. in time and i hope everyone likes it you know that's just how it is you know 
You gotta Does it? On. That's just how it is with any art. You know, you paint a painting. What do you? You know, it's great. You did a, the painting's nice. Hopefully, people like the painting. But I'm certainly not going to sit there and stare at the painting for two more years. Do another painting. <laughs> right? Exactly. Is it? Is it weird or hard to talk about it? To you know, you're doing interviews and stuff, and um, you're doing interviews with everybody that it's new to, and everybody's got the new excitement, and you're like, dude, that was that was. 14 jabs and 43 masks ago yeah, you know you know though I, I i will say i've been listening to it over the past couple of months i've listened to my i don't you know really listen that much in the house but i listened to my car a bunch of times you know um you, you, not that i i really love the album but you have to understand like after recording it and hearing it so many times and then the excitement of getting the final mastered stuff and listening to that so many times you know there was a big gap in time that it you know that it's laid dormant until the gears of whatever it was, you know, the record label and getting it put out. So now I went back and listened to it again. And it's amazing how you get a fresh perspective because it becomes more like a third party. You know what I mean? Like when you're writing something and you're working in the studio on stuff and you, you know, it, it's, you're, you, you know, you're, you're just trying to create a new road, you know, so to speak. But in retrospect, now it's like time is best. You can look back and then you listen to it with a different perspective, you know? And it's amazing how some of the songs have like taken on a life of their own, which is really cool, you know. Sure. What what songs for you get you know were were like the standouts that you that you now listen to and you're like, all right, I really nailed that. I I heard the question. Uh, for me, uh, the ones I seem to you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, cool. Uh, the ones that I seem to be cycling through are, um, let's see, Fugitive, Gypsy, um, Lost in You, Never Give Up. Um, yeah, it seems to be like those. Okay. Uh, oh, um, Saving Grace. Yeah, that one sounds really cool in the car. I like the guitar tone in that too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Over the mountain. Those are the those are the six. I think I've been I've been cycling. Those are the six of the ten. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like for example, like I I was I listened to the uh, fugitive one frequently. But then we shot the video for it, and then you know you shoot the video and you hear it four hundred times or something. You know what I mean? So then I think I'm like, okay, I'll start listening to one of the other ones. <laughs> well, well, John, uh, one of the things. Uh, one of the songs forevermore uh if you listen to that there's there are um remnants of the song a walk away in that song forevermore i thought that was one of the bonus ones it is it is i'm i know people aren't going to hear it until later and i know that's not on the record but uh you know speaking of that one uh Do, did you pick up that vibe at all that it's got sort of a walk away? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the opening chords are definitely similar. So, yeah. yeah, good, yes. good there. yeah. Now, did, did you have anything directly and uh, personal with writing that? or Was that a Don thing? Or that, was that-, that track is a Don track that he had from years ago. Um, yeah, no, that, that's, that's all Don, that one. Sure. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be released on this one. It might end up being a bonus track, or who knows? Maybe, maybe if we end up doing another record, we'll get on that. You know. Yeah. Sure. So, no. Well, well, a couple of the songs that uh, didn't make, you know, the the ten the ten that were chosen for this record, 
they were some of my favorite tracks that didn't make the record. And yeah, there were some good ones there. You, you know what? It's like when they told you know you have to play ball with the label, you know, and, and, yeah. and you know they have a vision and a plan, and you know you can't you as the artist you have to step back and sort of say, look, you know, we're artists, and they know what they want. They know what they're doing when it comes to releasing albums and all that. And I had a label, and I can totally understand that they wanted to package it how they felt was right, and I don't disagree with how they did it. Um, you got to respect it. And it's great that we have, you know, extra songs that can come out as bonus tracks or whatever. And, you know, down, down out in the future. So that's all cool. Well, since I'm talking to you and we're going to talk about things that people don't know anything about. As far as like the, uh, you, you probably know more than me. So tell me some. <laughs> so well, you, you already saw the liner notes and I haven't. Does well, it say far John Levin? It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does, but uh, anyway, uh, what one song that didn't make the the list either, and it's definitely my favorite song of all the songs in this whole grouping was uh, "It's Not Hard." You're kidding? Huh. You, you know, um, I can give you this backstory on that one. That that was, you know, the whole thing. This whole record really unfolded during COVID, right? Right. And we, you know, in the past, Don lived close by to me, and when we would record. Usually I would go to his place and um, I'd have ideas and I'd play them and we'd sit around, order dinner and then wait for a moment when something happens. Either I'll play him a riff and he's like, starts humming something and I like, that's cool. And I'll put it on the handheld or he'll have something and say, you know what, give me, he used to noodle around, show me something, whatever, you know. So we collaborate like that, you know. But because of the, first of all, well, Don moved, so we don't live near each other, but we would have gotten to get, but for the COVID thing, I'm sure we would have, I'd have been going out to see him and vice versa. You know, he did come here a couple of times, but we were, we got stuck in the pandemic and, um, which was obviously horrible for everybody. But for me, I'm like, you know what? I got all this downtime. I, I just got my studio going and every day I was in the studio, like all the, the whole time went so fast for me because I recorded so much music, you know? Um, and, and the it's not it's not hard track was something I had, and I wasn't even I wasn't going to play that one for Don at all. I had you know when I I don't try to govern myself like if I write something and it turns out I think you know what this sounds like it's something that could work for Doc and then I'll play it for Don. So there's a lot of things that just go away that I never even play for him. Right. So three there was three tracks in this record that I wasn't ever going to even play for him. One of them was it's not hard. Um, and, and what we did was like when he after the pandemic was over, he Don flew up, flew out here. We got a mic set up in my studio. I never really did any vocals in here. I only would do you know guitar, bass, um, drums, which I would program on a drum machine and, and bass. You know. Mm -hmm. So Don's like, let's get a, a, a vocal mic set up in there. So we screwed around all day going to Guitar Center, getting headphone mixes and the whole thing. That took a day, half a day, whatever. So we got that set up, and I. I said, hey, I got this song. It's in like a very, very odd time signature. I, I forgot what it was. It's like seven, eight or something. But that's not like rock music, man. Rock music is usually what's called 4-4, four, four, you know, four beats a measure. It. So so I played him that one thinking he's going to be like, yeah, it's really cool for some avant-garde band, but not that right. <laughs> and I would have, and if he had he said, I'd have been like, yeah, I, I, I thought you were going to say that. I, I was, that's what I thought. But I played it for him. And then um, Don is... First of all, everyone knows he's an incredible talent, but there's a lot more to him as a musician than you may even realize. Like, I put the track on, 
And that track, along with three or four or five other ones I played him, he just started out with the, the lyrics and melody, boom. And, wow. and with that, if you don't catch it on record right away, you wait 10 minutes, that is gone. Hmm. So, so fortunately, I had the, I, I put the track on. Uh, that ha I have, the ones that come to mind like that, it's not hard one happened like that. Uh, Fugitive. I put Fugitive on. I'm a, I'm a fugitive from life. He, he sang that right, boom, right at the back. I don't even know if he realized it was good. I said, I turned around, we're in this room right here. And I turned around and I said to him, dude, that's freaking great. <laughs> and he's like, okay, just put it on again. And, and you know, I don't think he, he really realized that that was, that one was really good. I recognize that one as being really good quickly. Like I felt that right away when he hit that one, I just felt in my heart, Oh, this was, this was, that really was appealing to me. You know, um, well, 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 hard over the mountain and um, over the mountain and um, and uh, God, everything's escaping me. Like a rose, saving grace. Over the mountain and saving grace were two other tracks I had that I thought were throwaways. Um, I thought over the mountain was in left field. I didn't think he was gonna like that one, but I said to him, Don, I got this was another session. He came in. I'm like, I got two tracks. I don't think you're gonna like them. Let me just play them for you fast. We'll get them out of the way. And um, I played, I put the over the mounting on. He started singing that one. And he said to me, he goes, I love it. It reminds me of, I think he said, it reminds me of Gary Moore. Okay. So, you know, there's not, a, there's not, I mean, I've been around the block at this point in the music business. And I'm telling you, there's not a lot of guys that can sit down and blow out lyrics and melodies. And those are the lyrics and melodies that you're hearing. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that he didn't keep those takes. Like he might, have. you know, that, that was the, he left here taking that. That was that was the starting point. Um, I guarantee you a lot of those lines he sang right off the cuff were, are on the record. Right on. For yeah. you, John, how this record, at least to my ear, is is far different for you as a player because it, it's one of the few times, in fact, it's really the only time I could think of where there's not an element of trying to sound like lynch for lack of a better term you know um you know you, you really have your own so sound completely away from yeah and, and you know what i mean like you know you've done records where it's literally yeah, been I here sound like george lynch you know and this one's yeah, totally you know, different I, did that make it I agree with you did that make it more comfortable for you or yeah i totally agree with you but every interview i'm doing people still say it sounds like george lynch well, they're wrong, but <laughs> hey, I think if you took that solo section out and someone just played it for you, you really think you would think that sounds like George Lynch? Because frankly, I don't think so. You know, I just don't think it does. But um, you know, may maybe because it's under the dock and umbrella, I'm, I'm sort of like that. That's just how it is, and that's all cool. I, I you know, everyone, you know, that's not. It's all good to me as long as someone likes it. I don't. It's all cool. You know, I personally don't feel it from that from that perspective, but. Well, I don't see. I don't see how they could even think remotely. It sounds like Lynch. It, it's, you know, when you did Lightning Strikes again, that sounded like Lynch because that's what it was supposed to sound like. This sounds very much like, even like take take the solo from Fugitive. You are ripping on it, but it's it's totally your own thing. It's not like anything else you've ever played. Thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, on this one, you know. I I think, uh, seriously, I really feel like the whole COVID-19 vibe put a whole different perspective. You, you know, I, everyone was stuck in their places. 
And um, I think you really sort of get inside. Just I just found I just sort of tapped into something inside myself that brought some creativity to me, and and, and let me feel like you know I'm just going to do what I do. So as as you should. And if if somebody wants to make any kind of comparison, just just pull up the Lynch Mob Babylon release and pull up the Doc and uh, uh, Heaven Comes Down release, and you see that they're you know that uh, what George is doing on Babylon is, you know, not exactly the most stellar work. I haven't heard it. I don't. <laughs> and even if you did, you wouldn't admit it. <laughs> well, I, man, that was so nice. We played together, boy. He smoked, man. He's such a, he's a wonderful talent, you know? Well, sure. Uh, I mean, there's no, there's no doubting what George does is when George does, do when George does George, there's nobody better. Yeah, he's great, man. Great. Right on. Yeah, so, we had do, times too on the road playing together. So, right. Well, well, John, you know, and we never really talked about this on the air. I'll, I'll ask, and you can answer as oh. far or as not far as you want to. <laughs> okay. But during COVID, yeah, there were some other things outside of docking being floated around with you. You know that you were, I'll say, tinkering with. Is any of that going to come to fruition that people hear, or did that kind of well, come and go? Or dur During the COVID thing, uh, frankly, like I wrote really like 36 songs. Okay. A lot. Um, so, you know, who knows? Anything's possible one day, but for right now, we just got this one coming out today. <laughs> so, right. Uh, who knows what the future brings, you know? Maybe we'll do another docking record, but who knows? We'll have to see. Right. Right on, man. So, dude, the, the, the touring cycle of Dokken is never-ending. It's, you know, <laughs> it's just a circle of playing and playing and playing. And I'll say, unfortunately, just because, you know, as a fan of the band, I would love to hear, like, a set of deep tracks. But you do get kind of forced into playing. You know, there's 10 songs in the set you can't take out. Yeah. But is there, are there going to be opportunities to work in? some of the some of the fresher tracks to to make it fresher for you guys on on you know when you're playing yeah i hope so i spoke funny i spoke to don today and we said we're gonna do fugitive and gypsy uh starting next show we're gonna nice now checking uh we probably might not put both of them in but i think we're gonna put in fugitive start there but you know we, we shot those we shot last week i mean as you know um wendell neely <laughs> we uh <laughs> shot four videos in one day and when we were up there playing these songs or not really playing them but <laughs> listening to the songs um man they felt really like they fit in the set you know especially just all of them but uh you know saving grace really felt cool so i, I think at this point we could start putting in some and taking out the other ones some of the other ones you know what i mean it's just been it's time and, and these songs are fit fit in with what we do and what we've been doing and you know it's Breathe some fresh air into the set too, right? Well, I, I agree, and and that's the biggest disappointment for um, for me personally as a fan of you know not only Dokken but uh, other bands who come out with new music. They come out with a new record or a new release, and then they don't play any because the the fans are so fickle anymore that oh, if you didn't play uh, Alone Again or if you didn't play Just Got Lucky or something, I was really disappointed with the concert. You know, I was disappointed with the show. Oh, they're playing a new song, Beer and Piss Break. <laughs> 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 you 
you know, and then it's just like years ago. And, and, you know, obviously you were in the mix uh, playing with uh, Warlock back in the day. Um, Bands toured to uh, promote the new record and they added several songs from the new record in the set. But now because uh, bands are, you know, into the legacy years, now they can't do that anymore without the fans going, oh, I wanted to hear this song, or I wanted yeah, to, you know. Yeah, that's what happens. I mean, as soon as you take, see, see that's the problem. You, you play, in, look, you play a new song, and you're going to get some blank stares, because certainly a lot of people aren't going to have heard the new song, you know. So you play the new song, but then you don't play something else. There's only so much time. So then you take out something, and then someone says, oh, man, why didn't you play that one? So it's a hard I guess it's a balance, but at this point, we have to play some of these new songs. I mean, we, we, we're going to do that, and it's time to do that. Yeah, right? the whole thing is that, you know, you've been in, in docking for 20 years, and you guys don't play any songs from any of the records that you personally recorded with the band. Yeah, we never really did. Well, uh, at some point, we've done some, but they never stuck around for too Yeah, long. I mean, like, obviously, Empire was, you we know. Did, we did Empire. We did stand on the outside for that record release, but right? Yeah, if that's got to change, we got to start playing some. And these I songs, mean, are good songs. I mean, obviously, you know the the legacy of Dokken is is the Lynch era, and obviously, you play those songs extremely well. Uh, are you ever disappointed that you don't get to add any of the songs that you personally were involved with into the set? Uh, well, I, I think I. At this point, I, I I would, hmm, not really, but I would be disappointed if we didn't play these new songs. Okay. Some of them, because I feel like they just really fit into what we do and, and, and in a maybe a, a refreshed way, you know? Right. Songs fit into the doc and catalog, I feel like. You, you know, because so much time has gone by, I, I, like I was saying earlier, I feel like some of the songs, like, they've, be, they've taken on a life of their own for, for me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it becomes its own entity. And that that's something that can only happen over time. But people who just got the record because it just came out yesterday or something like that. Right. Um, you know, it takes time for that to happen. You know, but remember a couple of years I've been hearing these already. So Sure. Yeah. You know, you we Neely mentioned um mentioned Warlock and Doro Pesh. I just talked to Doro, I don't know, a week or so ago, and she had great things to say about you. You know, I, I just mentioned that I knew you and she's like, oh, John is so lovely, you know, you know, as she does. But, dude, can you believe that she has been doing it for 40 years at this point? Is that incredible or what? You know what? She is absolutely the best, man. There is no I, I, I went you know, there. First of all, there is no one out there who who gives more than she gives at a gig. I'm, I'm not I'm serious. Like, right. He gives a thousand percent. Every second, every song, it's just unbelievable. You know, it's really mm-hmm. incredible. You know, and she's she's a genuine talent, and there's no there's nothing that she does that's fabricated. Everything that she does, genuine. Yeah, uh, d- dude, I, I I was telling Neely this the other day. Um, you know, we do the interviews, and then you have the after chat for five minutes or whatever. And and we were just chatting, and she was just pulling up. You know, she's been doing this forty years. She has twenty five albums or whatever. She's like, oh, look at this. This is the CD, and here's the in. You know, here's the inside, and look at this. And I mean, she was so excited, and it's like, man, 
you've done this a zillion times, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, but it, it, she is, you know, it's She told me this and I think it's really true with her. She lives it. That's all she lives is, is her career. That she's married to rock and roll. Man. Yeah. Crazy. You know, I play God looking back at the times I played with her, you know, it was, it was a long time ago. It was 88 and 89. Mm-hmm. And, um, we did a European, we, we did a headlining European tour and that was my first world tour I've ever, I ever did. Real tour, you know? Right. Um, you know, all of a sudden I was just this kid from New York playing in clubs for, you know, a thousand people or 800 people or whatever it was. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, we're opening up for Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was a pretty big jump pretty fast, which was great, you know? That was a, just a great tour. And the band at the time was a really great band. It was Bobby Rondinelli, who was in Rainbow, drummer. Right drums and tommy hendrickson who's an old dear friend of mine on bass um, you know, and he's in alice cooper's band now and uh for a long time already actually yeah the band just smoked how did how is it that you got involved with doro to begin with the, going back a little bit in your history yeah. how, how did you get involved with that to begin with um, I, mean, I mean you're you're one kid in new york playing the clubs yeah. like so many other kids in new york playing the clubs and you got to be the guy yeah, I was lucky. Here's what happened. Um, I was in this club band. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I went to college for two years, got into this business program, dropped out when I was 20 years old. So I got in this band when I was 19 uh, with guys that were older than me. Uh, the bass player was Greg Smith, who you guys may know. I mean, he's I know, been, I know Greg. Yeah, Ted, Ted Nugent forever. Uh, so, you know, we have a long history. And he was older than me, and I was, you know, younger. So to me, he was like, really famous at, on Long Island, you know, uh, he was in this local club band. And um, I got into a band with Greg and this, and, and uh, these two other guys, Frank Vestry and Charlie Ambrosia. We were in this band called Devious and we got a, a pretty big local following. You know, we were selling out clubs and we were probably poised to get a record deal, but record deals weren't coming that readily to New York bands like they were to Los Angeles based bands in the eighties, other than Twisted Sister and Zebra, not that many bands from New York got signed, just a handful, you know, comparatively when you can, when you look at it compared to LA. So um, we started selling out clubs after a while. And then one day, uh, Tommy Henriksen called me uh, and he said, um, Hey, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Warlock and uh, we need a guitar player. And, and he'd seen me play in the clubs. And he said, uh, I, I saw you play and, you know, I really like, think you're a great player and I'd love to see, would you come down? I'm just telling you, like with this band, when they tell you something, it happens. I remember that he told me that, right? So then um, I said, oh yeah, all right, man, let's do it. So um, I got together with him and learned the songs when, you know, Triumph and Agony had just come out. So the band was on its way up, you know? Um, and then went down to SIR Studios and played and then the next day after I played, Doro came down. Next day after I played, I got a phone call from a, uh, Al, this guy, Alex Grobe, who was a, Doro's manager at the time, from his assistant. I didn't know who Alex Grobe was. So she goes to me, uh, she said, yeah, um, Alex Grobe's on the phone for you. And I'm thinking, I'm like, who's Alex Grobe? And I didn't know. <laughs> um, and then he gets on the phone and he said, yeah, we Doro loved you. Um, could you would you come into the suits in New York City and meet with me? So I'm like, yeah, let's let's. So I came in there and he said, yeah, we want to offer you the job. Um, Doro absolutely loved you and can, just uh, no drugs. <laughs> That's what he told right. me. 
So yeah, that's how it started, man. And then I, next thing you know, man, we're writing in Manhattan to make that album. We wrote in Doro's apartment. And um, yeah, that was it. That's how it went. You don't have to answer this if you don't. But do you do you rem do you remember what you got paid for that gig to to be in the band? Uh, it was millions, right? <laughs> I, I want to say it was like three hundred and fifty bucks a week. Wow, all, all year. <laughs> and then they gave me a raise for like I don't know five hundred and fifty. But but you know it was a long time ago. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, did you think you did you think you did you think you made the big time making that money? <laughs> uh, I you know I actually back then and even today I never did music for money. I didn't care. Well, regardless of that, I mean, you're a 20 year old kid. It was 350 a lot of money for you? No, it year? wasn't hardly a lot because, uh, frankly, I mean, it was at that point it was just enough for me to you know I still had my own bills I had to deal with you know sure I wasn't really making much you know I remember when I finally moved out to LA I'll put it this way like here's how it started after the warlock thing eventually I make my way to Los Angeles like 1991 so now I was maybe 25 so I moved out here and you know I really didn't have any money I lived in a two-bedroom apartment in, in Van Nuys right across from Kentucky Fried Chicken and in not the greatest area back then you know they we used to hear gunshots outside and it was now it's a nice neighborhood, but back then it wasn't so great. And um, there was three of us in a two bedroom. You know, the singer slept on the couch for this band I was in. Right. And uh, I was selling computer printer parts in like a boiler room operation <laughs> at 30 in the morning. To Yeah, it, it was it was it was tough. You know, it wasn't like I had anything handed to me. I remember like I bought my first car for eighteen hundred dollars. You know, I was just wow. had to have some way of driving around, you know. And my friends and I, we used to, you know, take the bus from Van Nuys to the to the Sunset Strip, which took like like an hour or something. You know, it's crazy. We'd be sneaking like Jack Daniels in our in our jackets onto the bus to drink on the on the bus or something. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. So what? And again, here's another one. You don't have to answer, but why did you end up leaving that gig, the the Warlock gig? Okay, no, I'm I'm happy to answer. So so. Um, we finished that European tour and then they wanted to right away start another tour. Mm -hmm. um, so Gene Simmons was going to produce the next record. Okay. And I, I can tell you a couple funny stories. So um, we started writing um, with Gene. He wanted to hear like our ideas. So we all got together in Dora's apartment. It was Tommy, Bobby, my Doro, myself, and Gene. Okay. Uh, and I know I remember I was a kid and, you know, it was a holiday. I had to go home. So I told Gene, well, I got to go home. You know, my, my mother said, I can't stay out. But he understood, you know. So um, I remember he calls my house um, and, and my, you know, back then we didn't have cell phones. You know, I, I was working during, I was always a worker as a kid, always working to try and save money to buy my next guitar. That was always what it was for me. Right. Okay. Well, I got to get this Charvel, you know. So I worked, I, I was a hard worker, you know. And uh, I came home from work. I was really tired. I was. I went to lie down because I was exhausted. And then I hear my mother calling me, Jonathan. Gene's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was Gene calling. And, and I remember he said to me uh, that he uh, he wanted me to play with an Angus Young type guitar tone, you know. Right. So and, and I remember thinking as soon as he said that to me, I remember thinking. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> so, uh, so I had this other singer I knew, this guy, Eric St. Michael's, really nice guy, cool looking dude, man, front man. 
And um, Tommy and I, Tommy is a very hard worker and we used to write songs together all the time. So we wrote some songs and all, and all of a sudden it's like we did a demo, a three song demo and, and uh, Bobby played on it and Eric sang on it. And we would, I don't know what we were thinking, but we just wanted to, whatever, we did a demo. Next thing you know, we got signed to Atlantic Records. Okay. So now all of a sudden it's like we had to tell Dora, you know, that was that was it. We all left to do this thing, this pro, uh, project on Atlantic Records, you know. And unfortunately that never ended up coming out for, we got caught up in the trappings of the music business. No one's fault in the band. Right. That's just how it is. Um, and then eventually I, then I, started, an, I started another band. Um, <laughs> And I was going to move out here to Los Angeles, and all of a sudden, Greg Smith, who's a good friend of mine, is in Alice Cooper, calls me up and says, "John, um, Vinnie Moore just quit. I already spoke to the guys here. You're in. We're doing the Meadowlands, like in well, Red Rocks in two weeks. You got, you're in. You got want the gig. You're in." And I'm like, "God!" Oh. And as I'm talking to him, I'm looking at my new singer and bass player who just flew in from Los Angeles and sitting <laughs> on my kitchen table. I'm like. Uh, uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, I had just gotten, I, I want, at that point I wanted to have my own band, you know? Right. So then, you know, moved out here. And then what happened was, you know, we were playing clubs out here, building a following was going well. And then all of a sudden smells like teen spirit hit. And then all it wasn't cool to have guitar solos anymore. And, and I, you know, all I ever wanted to do was this, you know, play. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden that didn't matter anymore. Like it w almost wasn't even cool to have guitar solos, right? Yeah. So I, I, once that happened, I was like, okay, um, <laughs> don't know what I'm going to do now. And I remember I spoke to my father and he's like, well, hey, you got two choices. You know, you could uh, either work in the record store or go to law school. Like that, that was the gamut of choices. <laughs> <laughs> law school, nothing else in between, nothing, just those two things, right? Um, so I, I got, frankly, I got sort of um, nervous about, you know, not being able to pay the rent, you know, like I said, there was three of us living in a two bedroom. Right. Yeah. yeah it, it wasn't any luxury, man. You know, I got by my, my grandmother, you know, used to send me a couple hundred bucks a month. So I was able to like have a roof over my head, you know? Wow. So that's how that went. And I went to law school. Look at that. So it all worked out in the end. Yeah, did it? Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it did. You know, I went to law school, really put the guitar thing behind me. You know, I really didn't play much in law school. It was law school in itself was like super full time. And then um, once that, after that happened, I, you know, I met Jeff Pilson because my friend Tommy Henriksen was in a band with Jeff Pilson. Right. They were roommates together. Living, I think Tommy was living in Jeff's house, and we, you know, became friends with Jeff. Um, and then I'm in, one day I get, I go to my dad's for dinner. I'm in a suit and tie. I, I was in court or something earlier that day. I call my office voice machine and I heard, have a message from Jeff asking, all I remember the answer saying is something like, Hey man, we uh, lost our guitar player. Can you come down and play a couple songs? But it, he, he didn't say it was doc for docking, you know? Okay. Or had he done that, I think I would have been, not, I would never even have called or gone you know right i have my, my dad asked me like oh any interesting messages i'm like yeah a client a friend of mine um asked me if i come play some guitar solos or something and um my dad's like go i'm like go i'm not gonna go i, I don't know, look i'm working on, i haven't played guitar in two years i'm not gonna go play guitar <laughs> it was like go so i drove down there i you know i took the tie off 
threw that in the back seat. I, got, I still had the suit on. I had no other clothes on me. I go down and I go down what, what happened to be Don's studio. So I knock on the door. Studio door opens and all this Don with a Les Paul just hands the Les Paul like out the door. <laughs> like, like, and I'm like, whoa, can I hear the track? He's like, no, it's an E. That's what he said to me. No, it's so low. It's an e. So I, I would imagine he was probably really skeptical about, you know, an attorney coming down to play uh, on, on his stuff. But uh, there was the Maddest Hatter. There was a demo of the Maddest Hatter, a different version. Right. I solo on that. And then there was this song called The Irish Song, which I hear was some Japanese release. And I, I haven't heard that. And this was 1998, you know. Right. That's how the docking thing happened. And from there, then two weeks later, Jeff called me and said, hey, man, can you, we're headlining the Dallas Starplex for 20,000 people. Can you learn the set in two weeks? I'm like, yeah, I could do it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's how that's how that whole thing happened. You know, actually, if you want more, I can even give you more interesting story. Sure. You know, the hell in a handbag. We played a, after we rehearsed a couple of times. Jeff came to my house. We rehearsed as a band a few times in Don's studio. Then then Don's like, oh, we were going to play a tune-up gig at Don's. Don owned a club, a restaurant club called The Stakeout, the Redondo Beach Stakeout. Okay. I'm not from Redondo Beach. It's a whole other area. Very confusing to get around if you don't know it down there, which I didn't at all. And um, so Don called me and um, – Said, yeah, so we're going to play at my club. It's on the corner of such and such, Artesia and something. I don't remember, you know. I didn't know those areas. I'm, like, trying to find a pen to write it down. And it's like, yeah, I thought he said Redondo Beach Steakhouse, right? But he said Redondo Beach Steakhouse. So we drive down there. I drove down with my girlfriend, Kim, at the time. Driving around for hours. I can't find the place. We were supposed to play a gig at Don's Club. At like, I'm supposed to be there at, like, 8 o'clock or something. So now it's, like, 8.30. I said to her, let's just go home. You know, we're going into like gas stations saying, hey, where's the Redondo Beach Steakhouse? And you know, no one heard of it. So then we're driving home and then all of a sudden Kim, she looks at this parking lot, sees a crowd of people. She's like, wait a second, what are all those people doing in that parking lot? She's like, wait a second, is it called the Steakout? I'm like, that must be it. <laughs> <laughs> if I would have missed that gig, I never would have, come on. They would have been like, forget this guy. Wow. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? It was just by that slight chance that I actually have end up being in this band for 20 something. Sure. Yeah. I, well, I, yeah. well, I remember, uh, you know, meeting you for the first time, uh, playing, playing with, uh, Dawkin because, uh, Don invited me out on the road and, uh, you guys were doing a, uh, kind of like a weekend run over like, uh, Memorial day. And what was, was this? Uh, this was 2003. 2000 uh, yeah that was uh, was greg smith playing bass yeah 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 he was playing bass i remember those shows we played in vegas and and orange county we played yeah. orange county we, and we went to tucson well, we went right. to that Vegas. was the first time i met warren who yeah. i by the way saw, i saw i had dinner with him last night nice but that was the night we became friends that was the night we met yeah well, that that's, night. yeah that's that's the first time I met you, obviously, and it was a you know a four four gig weekend. And Don called me and he says, "Hey, we uh, got a tour bus. We're doing a little. We're doing a little West Coast run. We're playing Orange County, Tucson, Phoenix, and we're going to end up in Las Vegas. You want to come ride with us?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll get on a plane. I'll come out." And that's that's so when we met. That's when we met. That was May of two thousand three. Yep. 
it was and more, we went to europe right right before or after that we did the bangerhead festival right and greg smith was playing bass with us yep yeah yeah it was may of 2003. yeah so it's before, been before hell to pay before we were probably writing hell to pay at that point yeah yeah so so uh it's been 20 years yeah yeah <laughs> Glad to know you, John. <laughs> and I, I can't believe we met that long ago. It's crazy, you know. Yeah, no I, I remember that. We had you're right, we had a bus on that run. It was a brand new bus, too. It still then, had that new bus smell. Uh, not when we were done with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have the greatest history with tour buses, I'll tell you, boy. We had one bus driver abandon us at a gig. <laughs> Couldn't take it anymore. They he just left us. We we got off stage. Where's the bus? All our all our gear was on, on the ground. Guy took off. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm serious. Well, you know, we deserved it. Not, not of anything I did, frankly. But well, we well what uh, what transpired? If you can just give us a little. Oh, let me see. What, what uh, we had, was... a, had one um, merch guy on the bus with us, and I don't know what he was thinking, but he um, it was a beautiful new bus with like ivory color leather you know yeah and he took a sharpie and started writing like your girl's numbers on oh. you know like who would, and then he didn't have a hotel room i think he slept on the bus and we would have hotel rooms. i guess he tried to plug his laptop into the bus power like he rigged something up oh yeah he cut into the into the wiring harness yeah and he blew the, the electricity on the whole bus I guess because once they see him once DC, you can't do something like that. And he blew the whole system out. And then, you know, then every night, you know, Don and I, we would chat in the front of the bus usually together, you know. And, and eventually Don would fall asleep. He'd have a glass of wine in his hand. In his, he'd be lying on the couch, you know, and the, there'd be a wine stem with a glass of red wine in there between his fingers like this. And right. he'd be like nodding off and, you know, the, the wine's going <laughs> like this and, you know. So I think that bus driver just said, you know what? Forget forget these guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, he did forget us. Then we had an emergency. We had to get another bus. And we got this next bus. And this thing, man, was just like a 40-foot-long tuna can. It had no air con It was a Silver Eagle, you know, from very old. Right. Very old. Air conditioning didn't work. And there we were. We had to drive. From um, the southwest, it was boiling hot to New Orleans. Oh. We had to do that. That we did that drive with no air conditioning, man. And we were all, and the windows didn't open either because they were so <laughs> cold. So we were just absolutely dying, man. <laughs> so we got rid of that bus. Then we get to bus three. Yeah, well, that tour was just an absolute. Anyway. Was this during the Poison tour? No, that that was a uh, two thousand three. That was, I think, it was the Hell to Pay tour. Okay, I think it was Hell to Pay. Yeah, right. LA Guns opened up for us. I think. Oh, yeah. that, that was the uh, was that the VH1 metal or, or it was it was uh, no, it was uh, supported by a Metal Edge tour, wasn't it? Was it? I, I don't remember. It was it was, it was, it was LA Guns, <laughs> Warrant, uh, Firehouse, Dokken, and Rat. Was that it? Yeah. Huh. You remember better than me. <laughs> that's that's why Don asked that I be a consultant on this Dokken movie they're working on. Oh, yeah, I heard about he says, that. He says, you remember everything. He says, I'm just giving them your number. 
yeah, you know, that should be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, John, tell us a little bit about the standouts uh, for this new record for you. I mean, obviously you uh, mentioned a few yeah. of the songs, but but what is it about this record that that personally is you know is is a standout for you as far as like your personal satisfaction with it because obviously you uh recorded lightning strikes hell to pay also uh empire or or broken bones rather and you know now this one and uh is it would you say this is your most satisfying uh release with doc and as a doc yeah 100 percent, absolutely i i really felt as we were recording it um that we had some sort of lightning in the bottle here and I think that, you know, Don made a good, I think, a really good decision. He told me, don't re-record any of the guitar rhythm guitar parts. All those rhythms are my demos, you know. Okay. And I think he made a super good decision because when he said that to me, I was really relieved. I'm like, you know what? I agree with you. Don't. Don't re-record them. Because anytime you try to re-record something, you're making a facsimile of something, you know. You have to learn it and redo it. And, and you can't recreate what you did. You know what I mean? When well, you have something that sounds good and feels good, leave it. That doesn't matter. Demo, no demo. That that's how, I'm a firm believer in that. You know, it's otherwise you start chasing your tail and trying to recreate. I even notice like sometimes, you know, when I write, I, I record everything on here. You know, when I come up with the riff, put it on here. So sometimes, like even getting it off this and onto a onto a session file, that's a transition. And sometimes I can't get what I had on there into there right you know but then then so now okay now it goes from here to there i'm pointed to my pro tools studio right so now it goes from pro tools now you got it in there now you want to relearn it and do it again so that's second facsimile right Mm -hmm. or maybe you're going to redo it three more times and try and make it perfect and then and you know i don't I, i think you know it doesn't work for me i like off the cuff and i think don is is works the best also off the cuff i i said to him man i think you write the greatest stuff when when he's feeling it and he's in it he, it just comes out of him you know whenever a lot of times when you try with music it, for me i know don's the same way you can't try it's gotta be when it comes you know comes through musicians whatever when it when it's genuine and it comes in it, you got something genuine you'd sit down and force it and try to come up with something that maybe it works for other people never worked for me doesn't work sounds forced well i've i've heard don ad lib lyrics uh, like like one time i picked them up and i had the brand new iron maiden record and uh you know i said i, I got the new iron maiden record he's like well how is it i go well, here let me play you some as soon as i start playing the iron maiden record he starts ad libbing lyrics to the song yeah, and probably incredible, right? <laughs> it was. No, I'm telling you, he, how many people I've played with a lot of musicians, man. Most people cannot do that. I'm telling you, most people can't do that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not trying. I hope Don doesn't hear this. I don't want him to like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I, I know, you know, obviously you've known Don a long time. I've known Don for almost 30 years and uh, he's, he's definitely a character to be around, especially yeah. when he's in his groove, man, because there is nobody funnier. Nobody. Nobody tells. And nobody with more stories. I, I call that, it the book of Don. That's what I said. <laughs> I, I've, I've known him for close to 30 years and he still tells me stories that I've never heard. Yeah. You know? Oh, he's got, he's got to write a book, man. <laughs> right 
I agree. Just, I agree. The amount of stories. God, the, the, I, I, the amount of things I've lived through and forgotten. I, I mean, I remember some of the more prominent ones, but man, there's been so many events that have happened over the course of this that are, you know, comical, I mean, hard to believe. You know, we've been through a lot over this past 20 years, man. I mean, almost all died in a plane crash. I don't probably know about that. When you were playing at the Farm Rock Fest over here in Illinois. Yeah, we were we were toying with rat. Yeah, that was pretty ugly. Yeah, <laughs> but we lived through it. Luckily, right? Yeah. Maybe the John Levin book's going to be coming soon. Uh, this this is my book. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the I don't have the patience. You know, my brain just goes to I'm just all over the place. You know, I, I'm a multitasker. You know, I get six things done, but you know, it's like putting six jigsaw puzzles on the floor, and I mm -hmm. put. Is in each puzzle go to the next puzzle two pieces i can't finish one puzzle i just start you know that's, that's how i work right i get them all done but you know it's almost like by accident <laughs> nice. yeah. same thing with recording you know like um when it comes to like doing the solos I, I have to feel some sort of pressure so like i i'll have a lot of takes on you know on a lot of tracks for example like what i do is i'll just play so i'll do like five if i feel good I'll do five, six passes on song number one, Gypsy, whatever, right? I don't listen to it. Another two weeks later, I'm like, I want to play a little bit, throw up Gypsy. I do six, seven, eight more passes. Now I'll mass 25 takes, you know? I don't want to go through them. <laughs> you know? So now it's like there's eight, there's 10 songs. I did it for, well, some not for every song, but figure I did that for six, seven songs. And I got to go through 250 tracks. And then finally, listen, this is when it'll happen. Don will call me, John, you got to get it done. I'm, okay, okay. Then I, <laughs> I got some pressure. I'll get it done. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so. well, well, John, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you, you've been in the band as long as you have. Have you enjoyed the experience? Is, is there any other band that you go, man, I wonder, wonder what it'd be like to play with those guys? Or, no. or, or are you glad you were where you're at? Yeah, this was the right one for me, man. You know? Yeah. Oh, because, well, you, know what, you know how I, you know it's the right one? Well, A, you just know when you know. But um, docking, it's never been work. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's just been one big long adventure. <laughs> it has been. I'm just being serious. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, I obviously I enjoy coming out and you know being on the road with you guys, and you know obviously we see each other at least at least a half a dozen times or more a year, and yeah. uh, it's it's always it's always an adventure. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. I mean, you live it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. He knows. <laughs> so yeah you know but i'm really really pleased with this album and um yeah I, I just feel like um there's some really deep stuff on here and i i love the lyrical content i mean i just love what don did with like gypsy you know really clever clever angle Do you know what mm -hmm. i mean where everyone else a lot of other bands are writing about common things i mean he comes up with a song about a gypsy right well, well, the way that I describe, uh, you know, this this record to a lot of people, you know, obviously the uh, the the legacy of the band, you know, it was was back in the day where it was, uh, you know, party and rock and roll and stuff. This record is definitely for the maturing 
aging Dokken fan. I mean, it's got mature lyric content. It's got meaningful lyrics and it's relatable as far as like a, uh, you know, somebody who's been through a lot in their life, you know, and maybe they can appreciate the, uh, the the wisdom of the record let's just put it that yeah, way i agree you, you know you know what else about this one works for me um we got to a finished product that that's satisfying for me and i think for don too and, and what let me explain to you what i mean by that like it, it, in a recording process right and anything along the way can go wrong and throw the whole thing to hell in a handbag you know so we, we you can get, so what I mean is like, you can get all the tracks recorded and done, right? But like, everything still has to go right in the mixing and everything still has to go right in the mastering. And um, for example, like in Broken Bones, um, the, the the final tracks really sounded good. And, and we had real, some really good songs in there and I was, I really liked it. Um, but then I was, I ended up being pretty unhappy with the finished product because I didn't like the mastering. You know, I felt like it just was really too bottomy um, and, and it felt like it was run through some mill of like a modern hard, kids, you know, hardcore metal thing. <laughs> and, you know, no, that doesn't anything wrong with that, but that's not the right approach for this. You know, that's mm -hmm. not it was the right, the right sonic approach. And I was and I know Don didn't like it either. So I, I just was like, oh, man, this is bomb me out. I'm like, let's not do any more albums. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it takes so long, you know, right. and you try so hard, and then you know it's just such a letdown when something like that happens, or when you get a label that, you know, at the time that Broken Bones came out, you know, I had some issues. We couldn't tour. I had some issues. Don had some issues. I called the record label up. I'm like, hey, can you guys wait? You know, but you know, it's just you got to go. That's just the music business. Everyone has, you know, it's a business. That's I understand that, but it was just it's just disheartening, you know, disheartening. Right. And that's why, at least for me, had Don not have pushed this, I would have been like, let's never do another record. I'm honest, you know. Right. 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 Um, but, but, you know, then time the COVID thing happened and all of a sudden, you know, it felt like the, the, it felt like the right vibe to do it. You know, I, uh, everything for, for me, like um, I had a, I, when I finally learned how to do drums and Pro Tools. That was just like a big hurdle for me because now it's like, okay, I can record. Right. Know? So it was really about that. So for, for me anyway, once I figured out how, that, how to do that, then I was real psyched because I had, I had amassed so many, so many ideas in here, you know, and I just, anytime I came up with something in here that I felt could work for Doc and I, I would label it uh, like a, with Doc and, you know, Doc and idea, Doc and idea, that kind of so like okay, I just started scrolling through them, you know. I had so many of them, so it, it was was it was sort of exciting. It was sort of an exciting time, you know. Well, were you? It's horrible, you know. But but in my own little bubble of trying to create. Well, were you uh, excited about the fact that uh, Kevin Shirley was working on this record with you guys? Yeah, you know. Here's what was interesting about it. Yes, very excited about it. And um, what with, you know, he's in Australia, so the time difference. Don would call me at strange times. Okay, we got to approve this mix. We got to do it right now. Get to your car. I'm sending you a track. Put it in your car. Right. And the way Kevin mixes is he does it old school. Like he's got a like a, a Neve or an SSL console. I don't know which, but 
he's got one of a giant mixing console, you know, and outboard gear. I, I don't know if I'm talking over your heads, but you know, racks of gear mm -hmm. as opposed to today, most people have Pro Tools. You know, you want to make a change in Pro Tools? Yeah, no problem. I'll record. You know, open up the session file and lower one thing. Change to that. Done. Takes five minutes, right? But when you're working with a giant mixing console, you, you once the mix once he's got it off the board, that's it, because all the outboard gear changes settings. You know, even if there's this recall, I think on the console, but it's not as easy because he'd have to get all the outboard settings right. You know, that's so we'd have to get it approved. That's it. Like you know, this is the mix. Go listen right now in your car. Okay, I listen. Call back Don. All right, I like it, but I think um, make this a little vocals too low. Back, whatever. Like, give them my quick comments. So they send another draft, and we. That's how we did it. Yeah, I mean, he he shared some of those with me and gave me the opportunity to give uh, my two cents. And here, listen to this real quick. Let me know what you think. And it's like, oh, I don't like that. Uh, you know, the the bass is too too. Uh, you know, loud in this mix or the, yeah. the vocals are too, are too low in the mix or this, that, and the other, you know? So he allowed me to have a little bit of input. And so I, I remember playing your stuff too with the mastering. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, we, we mastered this record like 40 times. <laughs> <laughs> no, like that, you know what? I, I, I love that Don was willing to go that far because, um, I, I maybe he felt also like we, we didn't you know I, I'm sure he felt the same as I like let's not fall short on this one you know let's do it and get it right because we had it mastered a bunch of times and I you know Don sent it to me I'm like and, and famous people were mastering it I don't want to say who, who but uh, he said you like this I'm like no I don't like it <laughs> right honest I'm like do you I said do you like it it sounds flat to me and dead he's like yeah I don't, I don't think I like you know Went to the next guy. You like this one? I'm like, Don, it's just like bass hell. The bass is <laughs> sucking up the whole, the whole album. He's like, I'm like, do you, don't you agree? So then he went to the next guy, you know? And finally, we got someone to do it. And, you know, everything jumped out of the tape. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, the, the, the mix that's used for this uh, record is, is just, it's, it's, it's punchy. It's in your face. It's, it just gives you a nice kick in the ass. And it and it's and it's got a nice uh um what do you want to call it? It's warm. It's got a good even mix to it, you know. Yeah. It, it's it, warm because he did it on an app on that on old school console, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean it really he, Kevin really put together a product to me that works as a whole. You know what I I'm agree. saying? Like mm -hmm. the I feel like the whole track complements Don's vocal well. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. There's only so much space when you're mixing. Like you got this much space. If something's this loud, then you only got this much left. Like there's only so much, you know. And it's like putting a puzzle together. And and it, it's remarkable because you know you make one little change for something. One it could be a little change, you know, whatever it may be. You know what? Yeah, I think we get a little more of this on the snare drum or something. And all of a sudden, like, okay, now well, how come we don't have to leave vocal anymore? Like everything's just a house of cards, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I really feel like he 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 delivered something that you know I, I know I, I'm happy with it when I put it on in my car. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, well, we we drove around in my car, and you know I've got a I got a Bose stereo system in my car, and it sounded awesome. By the time I was playing you those tracks in the car, honestly, I, I didn't even know what I wasn't. I, I knew what I liked, but there had been so many renditions of it at that <laughs> point 
you know, Don kept sending me more stuff. And I, I got to a point where I'm thinking, ah, oh, man, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting confused. Like, I, I can't keep track anymore of all the versions. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what I'm hearing anymore. And so, you know, the only really way to tell is like you got to sort of, a, you know, A, B it to like something else. But I don't remember which one was which. And just I just knew when we had the last version that Don sent to me. I'm like, Don, this one's it. I mean, it sounds great in every system. It, it, you know, everything came alive. Yeah, I agree. As opposed to bringing everything down and everything. Because a lot of the other ones, it was all dying. I'm like, why does it all feel so dead? Yeah. It, it had no, it, it had no life or, or no, right. no, nothing to it. All the bite came out of it. Like everything sounded soft. <laughs> so yeah, I, you know what I mean by that? Like, you know, the guitar crunch was gone and the, the sibilance on the lead vocal went away. I'm like, it just wasn't fun to listen to, you know? So well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, the decision was made to uh, use the uh, version that they did because yeah, I agree. Uh, I think uh, I know I had given Chris yeah. both different mixes and he, he overwhelmingly said, yeah, this is the one you know, you gave me two and one of them just sounded like it was bricked just, you know, and, 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 and the other one just, you know, you could hear the, the little nuances, the little, everything from little guitar picking things to, you know, vocal nuances everything you could just hear a lot better and it made for a more complete sound yeah when you get if you get the nuances that's always really good man you know it makes it way more interesting than mm -hmm. when all those things just become lost you know they do yeah there's a lot of times you're recording and you're doing these little bit parts you're thinking why am i doing this like no one's ever given to hear this in there <laughs> you know and then you get a mix back it's like wow man that 12 string thing i put in i actually hear it that's sort of cool you know yeah, sure. That's that's the important part about yeah. it. But let, let's get into uh, you know something that you guys haven't done really a whole lot of since you've been in the band is is the whole music video thing. Let's do. I mean, it. I mean uh, obviously you guys did Fugitive, which you know Don spent a lot of his personal money on uh, doing yeah. that, and it's a very high def video, and I thought it was very well done. I know there were there were more things that he wish he could have done with that video, but the record label was pushing him so hard uh, for the, you know, the final release of that. And, you know, obviously the guys uh, in the video, you had a, a part in the video where you're kind of like leading the way in the video. Yeah. And uh, what was your thoughts on the concept and, and being an actor in the video? Well, you know, look, we're musicians. We're not actors. So to, to do something like that, it feels odd because, you know, we're just musicians, man. Um, Chris Ayer, the guy that directed it, super, super nice guy, directs Darkwinds, that AMC, AMC show Darkwinds, you know. And, um, you know, you just got to trust in someone like that when they ask you to do something because a lot of the things he was having me do, I remember thinking, man, I feel real awkward doing this you know what i mean like from the beginning when i'm coming down that hallway and trying to you know play you know i'm not an actor right so it feels it, it felt a little unusual but but looking at like the finished product as a whole i really feel like it fits within the docking category of videos from back in the day like if you look at like the nightmare on elm street video or um some of the other ones or heaven sent you know this one could easily fit in with all of those. I, it, you know, it was the it was the right 
uh, vibe for for what we we did, what we needed. I, yeah. I feel like that, you know. And then obviously the last weekend, you guys uh, filmed four songs, you know that that'll be released over the next uh, four or five months. Yeah, uh, videos to, this record. To to uh, you know keep keep people mindful of the of the record because I know you guys are you know in negotiations to go over to Europe and I know Don is trying to keep this you know record in the forefront of the people's minds so you know I was telling Don you know, to use a uh, David Lee Rothism you know in this day and age with uh, records not being such getting the spotlight that like they used to back in the day it's like the the record came out today and it's gone later today <laughs> yeah and he's like I, 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 I don't want we could stick around for a couple of weeks at least right <laughs> yeah he goes he goes i mean look at the look at that uh, acdc record that power up record you know it was a very strong acdc record and that thing went away within a matter of weeks yeah, well, hopefully with these videos, we'll be able to, you know, keep it fresh and keep it going forward. I mean, that's a lot of videos. So we're going to have four more and there's three. So we have seven videos for a 10 song record. It's quite a bit, you know. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, you know, when it comes to the, you know, the whole, you know, uh, participating in, in filming a video, uh, you know, you guys had to, you know, do four or five hours worth of of filming last week yeah yeah and, off a flight and playing late the night before yeah it was definitely a long day <laughs> <laughs> and then have and then we had a show after the video shoot yeah yeah so so uh you know when it comes to doing music videos is that something that you like doing or you just think it's a necessary evil or if it's something that uh you go man i I, I just hate the imagery of me being on, on screen or what's your thoughts on that? Um, well, no, it, it was fun to do it. You know, of course I like playing live, you know, but it's something you, you do for the fans and to keep the songs out there. And it, you know, it was fun to do. Um, don't really have, as far as the, you know, look, I, I don't watch anything I do. So <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I just do, do it and move on. Right. What are your thoughts about going to Europe? Are you excited about that? Yeah, yeah I really am. We haven't been there since uh, we did walk, and I can't remember if it was 17 or 18. I think it okay. might have been 18. Um, but, you know, we, we were planning on going back, but once the COVID thing came, that just threw everything right. out the window. You know, there was no more, you know, forget international travel so yeah we haven't been there and so that would be five or six years by the time we're gonna go totally looking forward to you know i, re I really am like that's where i really really am looking forward to. sure oh we went away oh there, there he is. is whoops um it would be great if uh we go back to japan too sure we haven't been there in a long time and when i played there when we did loud park we played with george that was okay. the first time I met George, actually. Really? In, in the dressing room at that show. <laughs> you had to go around the world to meet him, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you, have you with Doc, and I know you played Japan, obviously. Have you played any other places out out that side of the world? Korea? or yeah, We did Korea. Okay. Um, we were supposed to go to Australia, um, but that that for some reason i think didn't happen but yeah um 
other than that, mainly just Europe, U.S., Canada. So we, we, you know, we've done a bunch of South America in the past. Right. Yeah, we did Brazil. Um, I think we did the Monsters of Rock there with Aerosmith. Wow, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I just imagine there's a couple people at that show, right? Yeah, it was a good show. Um, <laughs> that was probably, God, time's going so fast. That might have been eight or nine or ten years ago already. Sao Paulo, I think, was where it was. Okay, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, were you there now at that one? I, I was not there, but. Uh... <laughs> you, you'd know better than me. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, other than that, Europe, I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of we've done Europe many times. Perfect. Well, John, what else you got going on aside from the uh, the docking record? I know uh, Chris had had built you a, a cool website to, to be a little interactive. Oh yeah, he's the best, isn't he, man? <laughs> <laughs> to, to to teach guitar lessons, are are you still actively doing that? Uh, you know, it's I, I I keep having visions of wanting to be. Um, I I I think recently I said to myself, you know what, it might be a cool thing to like show people how to play some of these songs some of the new docking songs mm -hmm. might be cool. might be cool to throw some of that up on the site so i think i'm going to try and do that you know remember like I, i'm busy with the docking thing and then i'm also you know i got i'm a lawyer too and so just between you know i i need more like i need a 28 hour day really right <laughs> you like chris you, you sleep an hour work 17 hours when I, get, when, I, when I get up it's still dark out no, honestly, I'm a, dude. You yeah, know, Neely's not kidding when he says I do like sleep an hour here, then I'll work sixteen, then I'll sleep two hours, then I'll do another sixteen, or <laughs> you know, I I get I get to where I don't know if it's day or night. I sometimes when I get rolling, it's you know I'll go ten days in a row and I won't know if it's I'll I'll be looking for it to be Monday and Neely will be texting me going, Hey, send me the links to the show. And I'll go, Hey, what? You know, I won't even know it's Saturday. You know, it's, it gets lost. Well, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Perfect. John. Well, uh, I'll come back and play maybe next time. If you can, you guys can talk me. Into we, it. we would like to have you play anytime. I, that last time that was a lot of fun. So yeah, I, that was really a blast. You know, yeah, so let's 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 plan on doing that again. I know we always say that. I mean, but let's really make that happen. All right, you know, it's I have to get out of my own head because I'm thinking, man, the fans they're really going to be hard on me and try and stump me. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 John, I'm going to see you again in in a few weeks. I'll be with you in Warren, Ohio, on uh, on uh, November 9th. Great. And, and you you guys are playing in the Pittsburgh area, I believe. That's the ninth. Uh, I think you're off the 10th. No, yeah, it's, that's the 8th. Uh, November 8th, you'll be at Jurgles in the Pittsburgh area. Then uh, November 9th, you'll be at the uh, Red Robin Theater uh, in Warren, Ohio. And then we're going to do a little road trip and go to uh, Pierre's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Sounds good. Yeah, so um, those of you who are in the Midwest, in the Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania area, uh, you might get to catch uh, Dawkin doing a couple of the new songs. Great. Yeah, let's do it. Yep. So yeah. I, I will see you then. And then uh, Chris is going off to see Metallica and Pantera. Yeah. You guys, the, the one time you're close and I'm not in town, I'll, I'll be up in Detroit up at the Metallica shows. 
And, uh, and Pantera's playing. Yeah, them? it's Metallica, Pantera, and Wolfgang Van Halen. And and uh, Zach is in Pantera. Yep. Mm-hmm. That must be awesome, man. That's got to be fun. You know yeah. it is. <laughs> killer. Awesome. Well, well, perfect, John. The uh, the new release, uh, Doc in Heaven Comes Down. You spin it's out, it's out now. Oh, cool. Spin some tracks off it. Well, I'm going to let you pick a song to take us out of the interview. And uh, I- uh, Saving Grace. Saving Grace. Yeah. All right. Tell us about that one. Oh, just it's a you know heavy one, little bit maybe slightly Zeppelin-y influenced. Um, just a really you know cool groove and um, kind of has a cashmere sound to it. Yeah, a little bit, you know, a little bit, but yet I still feel like it fits within the dock and camp. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, John. Well, uh, like I said, I'll see you in a, in a few weeks and uh, go pick up the new record. Heaven comes down. Uh, if you're if you uh, appreciate a more mature, um, you know, subject content of of, uh, of your music these days, then uh, you know, catch catch docking out on the road. They've only got what three, four, four, five, five more dates this year, I believe. I believe you're doing uh, the the. Right. The PA date, the Ohio date, the Indiana date. Then you're doing uh, uh, Las Vegas and uh, Hollywood, wrapping up in uh, the whiskey in Hollywood. Yeah, it's coming to an end. Yeah, so uh, just a few more times to catch these guys on the on the road live, and um, it's always a fun time. Yeah. All right, John. Well, we'll play uh, Saving Grace, and uh, we'll we'll you know, get out of this interview and um, we'll uh, see you in a couple of weeks then. Sounds great. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you having me on. Really. All right. Well, here it is. It's brand new docking from Heaven Comes Down with Saving Grace exclusively here on your classic metal show. Did you miss the live version of the Classic Metal Show this week? Well, don't worry. Catch full replays of the Classic Metal Show every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to noon Eastern. Video replay airs on CMS-TV at www.cmstv.net, while the audio version can be heard on CMS Uncensored, which is available at www.cmsradio.net. Now is the time to catch up with this week's show, as the Classic Metal Show is available daily from 7pm to noon Eastern. Hail and Kill.